Is there any of my friends that I don't think there's any friend that enjoys the technical side as, as much as I do. So when I get into it, I guess uh, no one really cares. Oh no, they do. There's I care. Oh yeah, Fred. Sure do you, you do. care? <laughs> do you care? Where are you going? We're recording. <laughs> that's, that's how. Fred. That's how little Fred cares. He literally got up and just went to have a nap. <laughs> he started hearing you explain your console and he decided to have a little nap. Yeah, it's a good good spot to leave the show. <laughs> we haven't even started yet. Fred's like, I'm done. Well, I'm I knew so if we started, you'd be going, what's that noise in the background? What is that noise? You hear that noise? What was that so noise? I thought I, uh, it was just another little heater I got going on in here. Okay, well, here we are. Why don't we start? Why don't we actually start? Well, there's a couple things. You know, like last... At some point, you and I, Fred, discussed how we should just get right to the show because that's where the sponsor mentions are. And then over time, we forget to do that. And yesterday, the pre-show was, you know, went on forever. So why don't we just take our own advice, you know, as radio veterans and just start. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped lakeside facility in the Corthas, across from a canoe hanging from the tree, and from Lisa's dining room table in Peterborough, and is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who are so good at debating, they can debate debating debaters, even though they think they're a bunch of nerds. Hummel and Fred, you have two hours for your opening statement. Very clever, Dandere. Emails today brought to you by Palm and Pasta. Toronto Mike brought to you by Toronto Mike, the podcast. Dandoran brought to you by Cliff and... I just blanked on your mom's name. Let, let me think about it. Cliff and June That's was right. June was Fred's mom. Yeah, and my mom's sister. Right. So Fred's was mom was your mom's, mom's sister? sister. I didn't know that. Yeah, my mom, my aunt, aunt June. Okay, so Dan's mom's name. <laughs> That's why me and Dan are related. That's why we can't have sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? Go ahead. It's fucking 2023. <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead and do it. You can't. Do you know what? You, you you can't get Fred pregnant. So, uh, yeah. Fred's uh, Dan's mother. Dan's father, Cliff. Dan's mother. I want to say Merle or something like that. Mer- Mildred. Ends with an L. You were close. Burl? Is it Burl? Burl? <laughs> Getting there. Starts with a Bertha. Burl. Burla. Bill. Uh, Bill. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Dance mom, Bill. <laughs> you know, just put a uh, pin in that for a second. I was talking uh, about, yeah. we were talking about this at dinner the other night, me and the kids, and I was talking about my mom and fa- my mother and father were Lou and Luba. And. I thought, you know, you really have to love somebody if you're going to go through life as Lou and Luba. Because that's, that's, you're, you basically have virtually the same name. Yeah. Well, I told you, my first general manager in radio, Pat Hurley, his wife's name was yeah, Pat was and Patrick. Pat. She was like Patricia, so it was yeah. Pat and Pat. It says you really, you know, that's a commitment you're making. So let's mm-hmm. go, let's, let's quickly get to uh, Cliff and, uh, what was her name, Dan? Begins uh, with a Beth. B, ends with a Beth? L. Hmm. Bethel? Nope. What was it? 
Bell. Ah, wow. would never have gotten that. Not even close. Ring my bell. Ring my bell. Ring my bell. Ring my bell. You can't remember that song, guys? <laughs> There's a song in everything. No, uh, I, I'm Do not you, getting it. Can you? Can you yeah, please. Can you no, 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 don't. Please don't. No, don't. I don't you have. No, please stop bell. it. Because I don't even want to go and get that song. It's by. Uh, it's by Anita. Who did that song, Dan? Anita. Uh, oh, need a big meal. I need a big meal. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know why you're not on stage tonight. Seriously, ring my bell. It's um, I need a word. That's oh, right, boy. That's good. Recalling the name there. Uh, speaking of names in the news, while we listen to this, can you tell me who Frank? Rubio is. Wait one second. Boom. 97.3. He hit a post there. That's why. I just want to do a show. I've talked about this with Lumbee. I just want to do a show where I just play the intro to songs and see if we can hit the post. Do it. Do it. <laughs> why don't you do a show where you just sing all songs <laughs> that you can think of? Oh, don't tempt me. Oh, I wish you would. When does this song start to do the thing? Oh, fuck, hang on. Oh, it's the long intro time. I mean, you know, that's the one thing that's missing is the intro time, right? No, exactly. Try it again with, uh, with uh, If You Love Somebody. Isn't that, the, isn't that a BG song? Because you're doing the uh, If You Love Somebody. Hang on. Oh, you really got to love somebody. I love, when, I love when Fred sings it and it's like, do you guys remember this? Do you remember Bing Ring My Bell? <laughs> okay. Who's Frank Rubio, Dan? For 50 points, Dan Duran, who's Frank Rubio? I'm going You're never going to get it. Something to do with uh, provincial politics, maybe? No, he's not a politician. Fred Patterson, can you guess who Frank Rubio is? This is going to bug me because I, unless it's something similar, I've heard the name. I, I can't place it. He is not a politician. Well, let's have a little fun game. He's not a politician. Is this like Front Page Challenge? Yeah. He is a uh, name in the news. And uh, once we guess his name, uh, you're going to say, well, why, do you, why are you bringing that up? Because I, there's a, a point I'm going to make here. Not a, he's a name in the news recently set a record for a, um, he set a, uh, a U.S. flight record of, of, of sorts. A certain type. Of, well, listen here. He spent 371 days in space. Oh. oh, so he's an astronaut then. He is an astronaut. And the reason I wanted to bring it up with you guys, because I thought, well, maybe maybe you guys had heard his name. I, I knew the story, but I had to look it up. And the reason I thought of it is because when you and I and uh, we were all three of us were kids, things that happened in space were huge news stories. Now, we've talked about this before. Where's that sound? Um, and, you know, through the 80s with the Challenger, the the, fly, the space shuttle uh, series of flights, Challenger, of course, blew up. But, you know, now we have people in space for 371 days. Like, there's just people in space now, and we don't even... No one even cares. Right. Doing their work. Just doing space work. And, and this guy came back to Experiments Earth. Experiments and scientific uh, calculations, yes. Frank came back to Earth uh, after setting this record, a U.S. space record. 
for 371 days. And really, most people have, you know, have no idea. And uh, I just think that's interesting. You know, it's interesting, too, while we're on the subject of space. Uh, in the news the past few days, you heard about that asteroid. They collected some dirt off an asteroid, and it was returned to Earth. And they've been looking at it or something. But when you read how that mission unfolded, you know, um, took seven years, obviously three and a half there, three and a half back, you know, billions of miles. It got on this asteroid, scooped up some dirt, brought it back to Earth. And then it had this sort of um, almost like a slingshot thing. The thing returning to Earth, the uh, the capsule or the uh, the spacecraft, it flung the sample out and it landed in the middle of the desert where they could go run up and get the capsule that had the dirt in it. Like the mines that put this thing, this stuff together and they were talking about the calculations. What was that? Remember that that movie with the the women and the the calculations, the space and yeah, the um, by the numbers or something. Yeah, the. But these the these number lady. I think that movie was called the Number Ladies. <laughs> the Number Lady. Number Lady movie. But just the precision over seven years and the distance it travels and the and the way it was returned. To so Earth let me see if I understand. Fascinating. So a, a thing, a ca- some kind of space craft of sorts yes. flew to a, they they shot it into an asteroid. Asteroid. Yes. It scooped up some asteroid dirt, and yes. then it boomeranged itself back to Earth, uh, yes. flung the asteroid uh, samples into the desert, yes. And, yes. and we figured out how to go get it. <laughs> it's crazy. It showed them going to get it. Like, just the precision, though. Like, and they were talking about, you know, just the, pro- the, the precise moment that the ejection had to take place to, to, for the sample to, to go where they wanted to it. To shoot it down into the desert. Like, like, it's just crazy, man. Well, and meanwhile, Frank Rubio spends 371 days in space. No one gives two and a half shits. What about that? Well, what about the, they, we kept, we keep humans alive now, orbiting the planet. Right now, there's up people up there just hanging out in space, doing space stuff. Well, it's like anything else in the news. At the beginning, of that space station and everything occupied a lot of time oh, and yeah. news. And, and, you know, it's like Ukraine, right? When the war first started, every day, the progress. And now it's like, it's an almost as sad as it sounds, an afterthought, you know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. There's so many things like that. It just becomes part of... It's uh, interesting you brought that up because I just thought... The other day, do you remember, we've become so desensitized to things about U.S. politics, Canadian politics, but U.S. in particular. Do you remember when uh, Trump enacted the Muslim ban and how everyone was just like outraged by it and it was a huge story? Like, think about that. Like this, Don't we that's, figure out what's going on? <laughs> that's right. Just think <laughs> about how outrageous that seemed at the time. And now it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that thing. And and to your point about the space junk going to the asteroid. Uh, asteroid. <laughs> the, 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 the adenoids. The asteroids. <laughs> you know, that is incredible. I and mean, human beings are amazing. But we are pretty... De- I mean, that story you just told me, I'd never even... I, at least I'd heard about the astronaut that finally came back to, to Earth after 371 days. And I just wondered, too, if he's married, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. he comes home. He's done this incredible thing. 
Yes. And he comes home and his wife's got a list of shit for him to do around the house. He's like, fuck, I've just been in space for a year. Like, <laughs> She's got a list of stuff for him to do and a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, he's up there. Yeah. He's like, what do you... What? I can't do shit now. I've got to do... Sp- I've just been in space. Anyway. I didn't hear about the asteroid. Asteroid. Oh, no, yeah. Well, it's... Uh, yeah, it's been... Uh, asteroid. Astro- it's asteroid. been there. It's been front page news there the past couple of... What? Anyway, you love that kind of stuff. Take the time. If you have time, like when you're not golfing, mm. um, just read a couple of the articles. It's... You'll, you know, you're fascinated by that stuff. That's all I need to say. Dan, you'll did you hear it. about the asteroid? <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, everything that Fred said about that is uh, it's true. Is is true? The uh, the may, maybe one part that, that there's still a spacecraft that's flying because it it yes. flung it flung its bucket of stuff back to Earth in a little capsule. Yeah, but it's still going. I don't know if they, they are. Do you care well, no, more? No, about that's the- part of the story. I'm sorry. That's that, that's another great part of the story. the 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 main spacecraft is on its way to find another asteroid now. Why are we so fine? What, what is it from the asteroid that they are trying to gather? Well, just, uh, you know, like a lot of that stuff, just to know more about the history of Earth. Mm. And, uh, you know, the four and a half billion years that, uh, you know, they can track. Well, no, no, not. What are you talking about? The Earth is only. Whatever. Still, no, the Earth is only. Well, it's 2000. I'm sorry. It's, no, it's only a few thousand years old, Fred. Come on. No, it's before because Moses time and then God created the earth six. I think it was a six. Yeah. Is it six thousand years ago? Dan? Somewhere in there. Yeah. You know, yeah, because uh, well, it. yeah, it was all God was very quiet for the first four and a half billion years. <laughs> well, that's what they discovered in this asteroid. That's where Adam and Eve are buried on. that asteroid. <laughs> that's right. And then they brought back some you know, samples of the first human beings. Um, but were you so you were aware of the asteroid story, Dan, but not aware yeah. Of the space flight record set by astronaut Frank Rubio. That is correct, but I just looked it up. It's not a record. It's a U.S. No, no, it's a. I said a U.S. space flight record. Russians don't count. Come on, (laughs) Russians don't count count because they're killing babies and drinking their blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a Russian guy that spent 400 days. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Great. But Howard, again, that Fred, it, it just it just displays. What we were talking about, it's there's nothing like that's neat and everything, but it's not really outside the box when it comes to that. Now we're just so used to them being up there and for long periods of time. I mean, it's newsworthy, but um, and it's sad. It's not fair to those that are doing it, but we just become numb to that stuff and move on. It's weird. Yeah, well that, and, and that is the point of bringing it up. By the yeah. way, uh, Keith Weiland, who is been uh, sending us songs uh before i forget i'm just trying to clean up a few things this is from uh a band called bonaire (laughs) spelled b-e-a-u-n-a-i-r and uh this song is called owner of a lonely boner hey darling it's me yeah i called to tell you a story that you me and my boner well, I'm sitting here all alone, just staring at my bone. No one I can hear talking dirty in my ear. Except a stranger who will talk me through the things that I already do. And I'm deep in the grips of an episode, which ends with the discharge of my load. All by myself, with no one to the handle of my 
Every day we get a new one of these now, eh? So we had yeah. what the Super Tramp song from yesterday. Yeah, we had uh, Shed a Little Bit. Uh, Shed a little today bit. it's Owner of a Lonely Boner. Yeah. Uh, that's the type of people that are listening to us. Uh, this is a, a story, Dan, I thought you would enjoy because, uh, you know, outrage and you like anger. to complain. Outrage and yeah. anger. Since uh, I don't know how long this has been going on, but here's a number to contemplate 57,000. 57,000 is the backlog of air passenger complaints at Canada's transport agency. (laughs) So some of the unprocessed claims are still lingering from the pandemic. You imagine going to work there every day. Every day you go to work there at the can, you know, our transport Canada, and there's 57,000 air passenger complaints. Imagine being one of those complaints and wondering, gee, when is my issue going to be addressed? I've been one of those guys. Have you now? Of course, I thought you would be. Oh, surprise. surprise. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It took, uh, for whatever reason, it it took, uh, when I was in the system, it took at least six, six and a half months in that area there. And all of a sudden, the, uh, the airline, which was WestJet, flipped their opinion for whatever reason all of a sudden they just paid it they stopped arguing about the whole thing what so, was your complaint uh it, it well they canceled my flight and uh i don't know it was it took me i don't know it was in, it delayed my uh, arrival by about uh, 12 hours or something so i you know got 300 bucks out of the deal oh wow and That's it was like it, I don't I, I see. And again, you know me. I like money and things. I don't know if I would even. And just because it was delayed, you got three hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, it's part of the yeah. Yeah, it's because because I missed another flight because of it. Or Listen, something? that that happened to me when I was coming back from Europe a few years ago. It, the thing got delayed more than twelve. If, if there's a, it's in the it's in their regs that if it's delayed huh. more than a certain amount, I, I almost got a thousand dollars back. I got nine hundred dollars back from a flight that was delayed. I think fifteen hours. So what's the issue? The fact that you miss a connecting flight? Is that why they pay? I, I guess. just because it's late? Yeah. Generally speaking, it has to do with, it has to do with if it's the airline's fault and you are, you are inconvenienced more than a certain period of time based on whatever the, the conditions are, the, the flight is, then uh, you are entitled to compensation. The idea is that the airlines have been dicking around air, air travelers by, you know, there's not enough people on the flight, so they cancel it no, and I then don't. move everybody over to another flight or something. In, in my, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Uh, in my instance, it was because the uh, they didn't have a flight crew. So they didn't have enough flight crews on standby to cover whatever the problem was. So they, they, they canceled uh, the flight and they moved uh, me to another flight. And now I'm doing a milk run through, you know, Calgary and whatever to get through uh, to my final destination. No, I can see you getting pissed off because, you know, airline logistics are so simple. I mean, how do they screw up? I, I, I don't get it. You know, eight, <laughs> That's right. Eight, eight million flights a day and millions of people going through these little terminals. It's I, I, like... I'm curious about I'm curious about one thing though. Like when we set the levels before the show, you speak at a normal volume. But when you're telling Who? these little stories, you get very quiet. And Who Dan? Can, right. Yeah, Dan. Yes, I can I can barely well. hear him. Yeah. Because okay. what happens is, you know, when we're talking about you know uh, something, uh, Dan Duran is uh, driving and it gets very quiet. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, I had the same thing happen. I was coming back uh, from uh, somewhere in France. I was visiting with Charlie, and uh, I got a notice at like 5 in the morning that my 8 o'clock in the morning flight or 9 o'clock in the morning flight was being delayed, and it got delayed and delayed. And I, I've, I've told this story. We were, I was in line. I didn't know about this regulation. And it got delayed to the point where we didn't take off until way in the afternoon and missed the connection because we were coming back through Montreal. And somebody in line who was a Humble and Friend fan, they're out there, you know, said, hey, uh, did you know, he showed me on his phone that there's a, a thing in their regulations, not just Air Canada, but all air travel, that uh, beyond a certain point, you're allowed, you're t- entitled to quite a bit of compensation. I had no idea. And so you just put it in, and, and I got, honestly, close to $1,000 back. It was no big deal. It didn't take, back to mind, the point about bringing up the 57000 complaints is I just wonder if you're one of those people when you feel when you think they're going to get to you because they're not no and I can you imagine what some of the complaints are too like have you ever gone on Airbnb and read some of the complaints oh yeah well it's like oh really that bothered you didn't you complain once Stan though that um they wouldn't put the cabin lights down when they served dinner and light candles, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you? That's right. Dan, Dan was like, you I served s- dinner. That's right. You got these bright lights, dim the lights and light candles. The ambiance in here. <laughs> you know, it does. One thing I, I've, I never know what to, is, is when you're supposed to like, you know, how sometimes you get on a flight and some people put the window shade down. Yeah, right. So you can watch movies, and which I think is great. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see the screen better. Sure. But when we're coming into land, I like to have the shade up just in mm-hmm. case I'm needed. I need to get some situational awareness is where, <laughs> is where we course, are. Yeah. So is I, there anybody who can fly a plane on no, this flight? That's just me. I just think, okay, if I'm needed, I need to know where we are in terms yeah. of the, you know, approach. And I think sometimes I put up the shade too early and am I inconveniencing my fellow passengers? I just worry. No, I get it. Um... Are you uh, done with that story? I'm done with all stories now. No, another story in the news I thought we should touch on because it sort of it doesn't involve Dan Duran, but he can relate to it. Um, you know, our buddy yesterday, Phil Evans, uh, posted something about Chorus Entertainment and their share had dropped to a dollar two. And again, when I owned Chorus shares back in the late 90s, early 2000, they were $48 and they split and... Then everybody started to dump them. Anyway, E.T. Tonight yes. has been canceled. Entertainment Tonight Canada has been canceled after 18 years. In Chorus Entertainment says challenging um, advertisement. Uh, it's a challenging advertisement environment. So after 18 years, they're just shutting that production down. And... Uh, and again, I guess they're related because the chorus is hurting. I mean, what do, what, do they, what do they say to the shareholders? I mean, seriously. You know, there's a lot of people that work there that held on to those shares. I didn't. I had quite a few over the years, but I dumped them. I think the last time I sold, they were 30-something. But I had bought some of them at 48. Um, but, I mean, obviously, they're hurting. But when you look at an advertising or a broadcasting company like this, it's like they're shutting this production down. Okay. Now what, what are they going to do to now contribute to 
Canadian entertainment or production because there won't be a replacement. You know what I'm saying? Dan, how long ago was it ET? I'm not sure. You didn't host that show. You hosted ET no. Canada or something. No. No, it's E Now. It's, e Now. Uh, you know, how many years ago in, was that? Oh, that was when I was still, uh, you know, with you guys and when you're still in Brantford. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So it was like back yeah. in the mid 90s. It was for five years, but it was like, yeah, uh, late 90s, maybe. That's a sweet game, man. Yeah. So, yeah, but but it was like, you know, like those shows aren't even that expensive to produce. I mean, you know, more than it's not nothing. Well, it's not nothing. Anywhere close to a drama. But but to to, to answer your question, what what purpose does it have? Like what when you say when you know, when you say it contributes, what does it contribute? It contributes to. Canadians writing and hosting and producing a show because that's almost extinct in Canada now. That's what bothers me. And these these big broadcasters and listen, I get it. Revenue. I mean, we're part of the problem because we're taking revenue dollars that a few years ago would have gone somewhere else. I, I totally get that. It's just where is it leading to? Where they can just come now and shut that down. And apparently, there was like forty some odd people that worked on that production now don't have a job or don't have that as part of their work day. Like, what's the next step for Canadian broadcasters? As I said, it's not going to be replaced. It's just going to end. So, and now Chorus, Global, whatever, will just take another step towards running American shows. Reruns and first run American shows. I'm not... not defending it i'm just saying there's an explanation to it which is you know that the end of that type of broadcast has been coming for a long time why i ask myself because people aren't getting information that way anymore and and you're you know it's not that you're wrong and i understand what you're i understand why you take a, uh, a position that you do i'm just saying that you know, there's going to come a time when they're going to have to shut down all of that stuff because it's not it's not um, it's not part of the landscape anymore. Our, the, the people that were watching Dan in the mid 90s, that age group isn't watching that type of show anymore. Let me be clear here. I wasn't making a statement. I was simply asking a question because I don't know the answer to it. And I totally understand where it's coming from. Like, I can't speak out of both sides of my mouth because, you know, I often say, you know, radio's full of shit when they say, you know, listenership hasn't been affected. When, in fact, everybody that's listening to a podcast is now not listening to the radio Mm -hmm. on and on and on. I'm just raising a question. What next? That's all. Because I wouldn't have the solution. If I was the guy there, I wouldn't say, okay, continue this production and lose money hand over foot. My, my, My only question is, like, where are we five years from now? Like, where are we 10 years from now when it comes to, in particular, Canadian broadcasting? Because more and more stuff is being punted and just replaced with American stuff. And that's a drag. Absolutely. But here's what, you know, Mm -hmm. when I think about your your kid's age, my kids who are 10 years younger than your kids and Dan's son, who is sort of a little younger than my youngest, they're not watching any of those shows and and are not going to. Let me throw a number at you because we're talking about numbers this morning. 272 million is the number of Instagram followers that Taylor Swift has. That's a that's like a, a country. She she has a a country of people that she can broadcast to. So there are people maybe not at that level, but there's all kinds of people that are stars in the little tiny phone world that you and I and Dan have no relationship to none absolutely 
Absolutely. You nailed it. So yeah. that's where the next level of broadcasting is. Because if Taylor Swift has more Instagram followers and all the television that's right. being produced combined. It just gets back, I guess, to what we've said before. I mean, television as we know it will just be a vehicle for live events. It will. Like, what else, what's left? And and again, you asked another question or, or a statement you made was what what purpose would a show like that serve? Which is a different question that I was asking. But you're right, because those entertainment show to me are just if Dahl and I are watching the news and the news ends and that entertainment show comes on, I want I say, shut that off. I don't want to hear these young people all excited about what Taylor Swift has been doing or this star or that star. Look at this guy, this guy in, you know, in a muscle shirt and look at this woman in a bathing suit. And it's like, they really don't serve much of a purpose. You are right. Well, not to you, but there is, there is a a huge part of our society. The pop culture society wants to stay on top of what's going on. I agree with you, Dan, you know, musicians and actors and all that stuff. They found that fascinating. Otherwise Taylor Swift wouldn't have that many. No, but but Dan, to your point though, you're absolutely right. There's a, a part of the population that finds it fascinating. They aren't watching the 6:30 CFTO or whatever the that's fuck right. that is. That's They're true, not yes. watching. Yeah. It. That's, that's and, the and, point. And my that's point about the... Taylor Swift is: if you want to find out what she's doing, you follow her on Instagram. Yeah. That's not the vehicle anymore. No, that's what point. I mean. And I and I totally agree. And I, and again, obviously, my age or whatever, I won't miss it. And I, you know, I was never big on those shows and even a lot of radio shows, you know, that step down for their entertainment break and everything. It's like, oh, okay. But, I mean, that's just personal interest. But you're right, Howard. Like, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that the show is gone. I mean, even besides the money, because it's no longer the vehicle for that type of information. And when Dan was hosting that show in the sort of early 90s to mid 90s, you just think about that. That literally predates the Internet. It was the only way to get it. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not on TikTok anymore I just because it was too much. But, you know, I consume a lot more of this social media than both of you, I think, Instagram and, oh, yeah. and, and uh, Twitter. But mm-hmm. there's, you know, the, again, back to the age group of our children. They're not getting it. They're not getting anything from broadcast television. And, Dan, you're right. There is still an appetite. There, and there always will be an appetite for that sort of star uh, entertainment reporting. People are fascinated by those people's lives. Absolutely. Well, uh, and a great example of that is, you know, you talk about Taylor Swift. Oh, I love Taylor Swift. I don't want to sit through half an hour waiting for a Taylor Swift story. That's if right. I want a Taylor Swift story, I can go right to it. Right? Yep. I mean, that's the that's the way it, it's it's like me with Jimmy Kimmel. I never watch the show on YouTube. I go right to his monologue. That's really all I want to see. Right. And that's, again, that's the new culture. That's the new landscape. I mean, you say that, you know, that stuff really never interested you, but we still talked about it on our show. We talked about all, maybe, maybe not to the level of the, the, whatever those stations were called, adult contemporary, the sort of the boom stations. We didn't talk about it quite that way, but we definitely did have celebrity information on our show. We did when there was something to talk about, but we could go a couple of days without it because there was nothing quirky or neat or whatever to talk about. I'm just talking about, you know, bells and whistles. Let's stop down now for the entertainment, no, news, whether there's news or not. You know, Dan, did you enjoy that when you were the uh, that must I, you know, when I think about what you were on, it was a national show. Was that when you and Carla did the show together? Yeah, mm. I love that show. It was fun. 
in so many ways. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I, it, you're staying on top of a lot of pop culture, but it was just fun to do because you're, you know, kind of in the middle of it because there's lots of, you know, you're going to interview a lot of people that are in the entertainment industry. You're out and about and doing stuff that's uh, fun, especially at that age for me was, yeah. it was just neat, neat to see what's going on and, you know, pretty much in all uh, the entertainment venues in Toronto were kind of, you know, you're there. So you're seeing what's going on. And that's that was great for me at that time. And I'm sure it is for all the uh, the people that are losing their jobs now at uh, ET Canada. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I have empathy for that. Absolutely, I do. <clears throat> it's just yeah. that, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I watched anything on television, broadcast television, other than golf or football. Oh, and, and, and the odd hockey game. Right. Last time I watched a hockey game, I watched all the Leafs playoff games last April. So, really, that's all I watch regular television for. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm no expert, but uh, I've thought for a really long time, right at the beginning of, of when, uh, when the internet was starting to, to work for everybody, that broadcast television should have done their, just moved the platform into the internet space so you weren't paying to get at it there would have yeah. been advertising you know you're advertising when they wouldn't do it because of all the uh the extra money they'd have to pay to clear uh off broadcast uh, rights for you know the you know wherever you're buying a program from and, and all the actors and that kind of thing but if they had done that and trained us all that we don't have to just which watch our program on on television on a you know a cable or through the air but you can also do it through the internet mm-hmm. without paying for it then things may have turned out a little bit differently in my mind and then mm-hmm. pay for on-demand stuff yeah. rather than linear stuff and in the linear stuff you get commercials and dan like they the probably internet. didn't because they could have never no one could have imagined when you were hosting that show across the country that there would ever be somebody a, a, an artist with 272 million human beings that follow them without any middleman but you said fred no one's way if you're a, if you're a taylor swift fan you want to know what she's doing nobody's waiting for the fifth story when we come back from commercial no, no one's doing no. that no and you know what shows on regular tv or traditional tv are still uh, shows like the voice and those other there's some urgency to them where people watch them and they like to go to work the next day and talk about them. You know what I mean? Because it's sort of fresh out of the oven and I don't know if I'm explaining it. No, properly, I don't know what you mean. They're, they're more, they're more um, vital at that moment. But listen, I've never yes. seen The Voice. Mm-hmm. I've never seen America's Got Talent, but I watch it online right. all the time because I right. follow somebody that puts up highlights of it. Right. So I can hey. see it whenever I want. This is a, an issue that professional sports is going to have to deal with going forward is that a lot of young people aren't watching complete games they're getting alerts on their phone you know they love the jays or whatever whatever professional sports team their phone's in their pocket it it vibrates and they look oh the jays just scored a run or the leafs just scored a goal that's all they want and then they'll watch the highlight right then but they're not watching complete games i mean where's all that going well, it's a great, uh, great topic, fellas. Thanks very much for uh, joining us. This has been a deep dive discussion. By the way, I had this thought this morning. Before we get to, uh, oh, here's a little hooray for Dan Duran in Hollywood. Uh, I'm Dan Duran, and this is the Dan Duran. <laughs> yeah, that's- 
Dandaran Hollywood Report. Yeah, um, this is the kind of thing that was happening when I was doing it. That's exactly. right. Dandaran, when he did the Hollywood Hipster Report back in the 1930s. A hit parade. <laughs> when Dan first started in the business, he and his co-host Marconi yeah. used to report on all the goings-on of the celebrities. Yeah. Um, okay, Dandaran's news will uh, be part of this broadcast. And um, can't wait to get to that. Also, as I say, uh, Toronto Mike will be with us. There we go. Uh, we're going to get to your uh, emails here in a second. Also today, at the end of the show, we will... No, you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll do the emails, and at the end of the emails, we will then crown this month's uh, winner of the Palma Pasta gift card for $100. All right. Right on. Are you just gathering yourself or do you not want to? Are you? Are you yes, I am. I'm just uh, clicking through here, click, Howie. Click I, away, my friend. You had that musical interlude. I thought that was a nice bridge. Okay. Hey, the retirement Sherpa was on the show yesterday. Tim Niblett, a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. He talked about IPPs, which are somewhat of an alternative to other forms of investments. Listen, I can't sit here and go through it all again. Do yourself a favor if you missed it. And again, this is for people in the upper income brackets. Go back to yesterday's show and listen to the... Um, the explanation of IPPs and how they work. Just more gold from our buddy Tim, uh, the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. Excellent. <laughs> and when I say gold, I mean it, eh? Like gold, like investing gold. No, like I get it. I get your gold. Yeah. You know, not, not everyone can keep up with you, but I've, I have learned over the years. <laughs> you can ring my bell. <laughs> I can... Uh, I, I can, you know, it's hard, but I can keep up with most of what you're using. Uh, the Electric Vehicle Network. Uh, this is now winding down one more week. One week from today, your chance to get an electric vehicle for the weekend. That's the whole weekend. And it could be uh, whatever you like. They got hatchbacks, sedans, SUVs, the Teslas, the Chevrolet, Nissan. There's also hourly and daily rentals available for you. If you want to pay for it, you can using the voucher Humble EV. Get you $40 off your first rental. It's located in uh, Etobicoke, not far from the Humble and Fred Studios. Find out more at rentelectric.ca. All you have to do to enter is send us an email. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com with the subject line, subject line, rent electric. And uh, really great response, actually. Lots of great response from uh, when Daryl was on talking EVs this week. A lot of people in our audience are very uh, curious, uh, as we were, as I was before I got into one. You know, what's it like? And all the answers, all the questions, uh, answers to your questions can be had at 1-800-387-9391. Are you ready now for uh, your very first email to read? Or do you need some time? Do you need to gather? Uh, no, we're are, here. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to play the thing now. The right. intro. Okay, okay, here we go. Hi guys. It's time for emails. Hi the email guys. portion of this Thursday show brought to you by Palma Pasta. Can't thank them enough. Uh, Freddie, go ahead. Subject line, Trump from Dan Blanchard. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. 
go ahead and talk about Trump, he says, but you need to stop repeating over and over again what you've already said. It gets redundant. And that's all Dan has to say. Um, how do we respond to that? Um, yesterday, for example, we said we were going to talk about the latest Trump news and didn't. But I think it would have been different because it's a different lawsuit this time. Around. Yeah, a different charge, a, a different, different char- indictment. Yesterday, over the day, we were going to talk about him losing his biz- his ability to do business in New York because he misrepresented his wealth by hundreds of millions of dollars. But that's not mm-hmm. even you know, like as I said to you, you know, with the problem with him is it's just so much stuff. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it just becomes. I don't even know how to explain it. What is the when you become sort of desensitized to something? You know, any one of these things that he's done. There's this audio I have, if you want, of him talking about whales and windmills. Yes. <laughs> oh, I know. It's awful. Y- yesterday, he was talking at some rally about uh, electric vehicles and you know electric boats. He goes, "Well, you know what happens if." If the boat sinks, you're going to get electrocuted. (laughs) Fucking like, honestly, any other politician at any stage along the way that was as inept as him, it just wouldn't be an issue anymore. But he's still the leading candidate of both parties. (laughs) Yep. I mean, there's just so much to digest. It's. And again, the best thing that's happened to him is all this stuff because it. There's so much of it now. It's like any one little thing. And we've seen that through history. One little thing can bring a guy down. But there's so much with him now. None of it seems to matter. None of it. No, none of it matters. And, uh, you know, like I said, any any one thing. Like, if you heard some guy, you know, and, and the things he posts. Like, how is he not being held in contempt for the things he says about these judges? Anyway. Uh, and one other thing, this latest, um, he was found liable for um, for fraudulently reporting his business dealings and the worth of his companies and his buildings. Yeah. And it's another thing. So he is found liable for that. They want to take away all his business privileges in New York. Yeah. And he goes on another rant yesterday. It's all a hoax. Yep. It's a racist judge. He was he did nothing wrong. Like after a while, again, even if you're following him, don't you get tired of that after all? After a while, everything, absolutely everything that's directed at him is somebody else's fault. It's a hoax. It's racism. It's whatever. I agree because I've said that. I said, isn't it amazing that nothing is ever the university, the stakes, the (laughs) bankrupted casinos, the uh, this particular thing. He's overvalued Mar-a-Lago 2,300%. You know, he's, he's saying it's worth a billion. It's worth 18 million. So none of that. It's always some, and that's what is, you know, again, I've had this discussion with you. There's got to be a noise for that because I've said that to you that mm-hmm. wouldn't he, somewhere in the universe, the MAGA universe, logic say, well, I guess yeah. some of this stuff is his fault. Anyway, let's uh, move on because we've got a lot of emails from people. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This one from uh, Jeremy Scott. The contest is the subject line. Hello, gentlemen. Which really means hi, guys. Hi, guys. 
I say now that you have had this week to get out of the to get out the pent up Dandoran dick jokes that next week you start the contest over and go double or nothing. As for the dude that has been crying about the abundance of dick and fart jokes, I'm curious to know if he realizes why the rest of us are tuning in. Lol. This is Humble and Fred and not NPR Radio or W5. I suggest he tunes into a nice CBC podcast. Jeremy Hart, uh, Jeremy says his resting heart rate uh, more like more than likely to be high. Bowel movements frequent and satisfying road rage incidents. Zero for this month. Uh-huh. Starting a new category. Uh, yes. Uh, thank you, Jeremy Scott. I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but uh, we appreciate you uh, sending us a note. Yes, we do. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Oh, my God. You know, this is sort of an attachment to the contest, so to speak. The the subject matter of the contest, uh, the subject line is walk a mile in Dan's underpants from John. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) From John Miles. He says, hi, goose. Hi, guys. And that will be explained. Uh, money has no place in this wager of references to Dan's Donkey Kong Dink Dungary. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. The losing party should walk 1.6 kilometers, one mile, a one-mile journey while wearing a, pan, a pair of Dan's underpants. Imagine the life Dan lives every day with that monster stuffed within a pair of briefs. The agony of coiling said wiener daily into its fabric home, squeezed ahead of a pair of balls, like basketball players in a Volkswagen Beetle. Never enjoying uh, running in the nude. He never gets to enjoy that. Never at peace on a diving board or a trampoline for fear of dicklash. Walk a mile in Dan's underwear, I say. This is from John Miles. He calls himself John or Jean uh, Kilometers. Yeah, Gene Kilometers. No, whatever. Jean Kilometers, yeah. Yeah, so why do you put Gene I don't John Miles? Anyway, anyway, uh, explanation funny. here. Goose being a substitution of the colloquial guys paying homage uh, to the legend of Mr. Goohead. So there you have it. There's another old reference. By the way, Thank Dan. You, John. Yeah, John, just for... I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've mentioned this, but Dan doesn't wear underwear. Yeah, right. He can't. There's yeah, nothing will bind can't that. Find anything that fits. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing's going to bind that. <laughs> so uh, again, thank you uh, very much. Always a pleasure. Hi guys. Hi guys. Uh, Hi here's guys. a great note. Finally made it to Palma Pasta. Uh, from Laura Dorica. Hi guys. Hi guys. I'm a customer of Palma Pasta and love all their amazing foods. But I normally go to the one at Aaron Mills Parkway. I looked uh, up the one on Semina Court. But I'm not in central Mississauga very often this weekend. However, uh, I went uh, there with my son. He wanted me to drive around so he could catch some stuff in Pokemon Go. I didn't even realize that was still uh, a thing. Perfect opportunity for me to search for Palma Pass's main store. I found it and felt like I was somewhere famous from hearing you guys talk about it so often. Even when I was inside, says Laura, I was dazzled by the fact that I was in the same space where the famous Humble and Fred had been. <laughs> you guys, you guys are stars, stars. And then she puts a smiley face to me, at least. My son and I picked up so many amazing foods and finally a birthday cake, biscotti, 
for the car ride home. I'm glad to have finally found this famous place. Love the show and the addition of Dan Duran. How, how is that an addition? Glad the Dan dick jokes are back. The contest was a funny bit. I hope people realize it was a bit, but I'm glad it's over. Laura, heart rate 59, bowel movements regular every morning around 7-ish. What do you think of that? <laughs> it's a nice thought, I guess. No, that's some nice things about palm pasta. Oh, yeah. The fact that, uh, well, you were, you were hungry. Oh, I thought you meant the last line. <laughs> no, I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. You're like, oh, you're like, some chick's telling us when she poos. Yeah, I know. That's something. <laughs> We've come a long way on this show. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, yeah, very nice, Laura. And, uh, you know, what can we say? There's your commercial for Palma Pasta. It's just really something else. And, of course, we appreciate Anthony and the family sponsoring this program and our Thursday email segment. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Okay, uh, subject line, shit a little. Reference to the song, the parody song you played yesterday, Howard. It's from Martin Lai, and he says, Hi, guys. Hi, guys. He says, I was on a roof doing a timed chemical test, two floors and a long way from the washroom. I let go, then went downstairs and cleaned up. (laughs) The bathroom was on a floor with a backup room, so it was uh, seldom used. I washed my underwear and hung it to dry and went back to work commando style. My boss, ex-military, found the underwear and went to the control room to find out whose underwear it was. I told him immediately, and he sent me home. Resting harbor rate 74, <laughs> bowel movement. <laughs> he sent bowel me Bowel movements regular. Martin's stories are often very cryptic. It's like... Okay, why the boss has to... Who, what's the point of the boss being ex-military? Why that's significant? Also, right. like, he sent me home. Why? Because hadn't you already shit yourself? <laughs> yeah, I guess he thought he had, you know, a runny tummy, so he should go home. Okay. Well, thank you, Martin. Uh, it's a pleasure, as always, to welcome yes. you to our program. Hi, guys. Here's one Hi from... Uh, talking about some of the stuff from yesterday. This is uh, subject line, Canadian politics. Uh, Rick Cameron says, hi, guys. hi, guys, listening to today's show. Nice to hear you shining a light on Doug Ford's land swap corruption. How Ford thought he could get away with it. He truly isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Great discussions with Dan and a bit refreshing from the orange one. And then in brackets, which I also enjoy. BPM 72 BMs depends on what I have been eating. Yeah, we we I'm, we sort of highlighted that yesterday that there was lots of stuff in Canadian politics that between the true you know the Nazi loving liberals, yes, and uh, Doug Ford, there was actually some stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, it is everything. Ever so often, something pop, pops up, but it, it it takes a lot before you can reference those things you know oh, yeah. because most of it flies under the radar so you talk about it people i'm a nerd about that i'm a nerd about that it's so much different than american the circus that is american politics super true man super true yeah. mm-hmm. and and even though we mentioned the liberals nazi thing and doug yeah. ford's land swap it still wasn't anywhere near as kooky as the stuff that's going on down there even as we speak but anyway here we Hi, go guys. Hi. 
Uh, what's up my next, guy. sir, Mr. Fred? Uh, subject matter here is once again Dan. Dan Duran is spot on. It's from Felix Schiavone, I would say. I'm not going to read this all. Um, he says, uh, thanks for the regular uh, shits and giggles banter, but sometimes you're... I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. It was, it was, there's a high guys there. Oh, did I miss the high guys? I'm yeah, sorry. Man. Oh, I'm sorry. I got into it too quickly. I'm sorry. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. God damn it. <laughs> uh, thanks for the uh, regular shits and giggles banter, but sometimes your assessment of Ontario politics is significantly wanting. Mm. Fred, you're a good man, but your comments about future immigration levels and the green belt are misguided. And like so many occasions on the show, Dan was spot on to indicate that development in the green belt is not required to accommodate future housing needs. There are other cheaper, timely and evidence based options which don't. Enrich select developers at the expense of public uh, imperative, uh, at the expense of a public imperative such as the green belt. Okay, I understand what he's saying. Anyway, he goes on to talk about task force and studies and uh, auditor general and what have you. And um, he ends it off by saying, sure, Ford finally concedes with his mea culpa, but don't get distracted by the bullshit and laughable story that we need to build affordable homes on part of the green belt. Give me a break. What bullshit? That's from Frank. Uh, but basically, from Felix. Or, oh, Felix, right. Felix. Schiavone. Uh, yeah, okay. It's great. Yeah. He mentions his resting heart rate and bowel movements if you're... Oh, I'm sorry, Howard. I can hardly see that. Resting heart rate, 70... 71 beats per minute. And what's it say under that? Movements. I'm sorry. Right? I can hardly see that on my... Yeah. Oh, really? Well, because yeah. it's in a different font. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it was a great discussion. I mean, you know, I can tell right now that Felix, like Dan, you know, is a CBC listener and uh, has a certain uh, political bent. Uh, but I like the fact that he says, and like many occasions on the show, Dan was spot on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's great. Dan is, Dan is the voice of reason very often on this program. Anyway, I, I just will say this. I mean, you could go on about this forever, and nobody loves, you know, green belts and Greenland and nature more than I do. Mm-hmm. It's two different issues, as they said. It's the, you know, it's the corruption around it. Wrong, wrong, wrong. But again, to think that you're not going to claw at those two million acres over the next several years because of a housing crisis and population is just naive. Listen, 20 years ago, they established this green belt. 20 years ago. Dalton McGinty, yeah. almost as a self-absorbed legacy to himself. And at the time, they said, you know, it's probably not realistic. It's unsustainable. Well, we've reached that point, it seems. But again, you know, people say, OK, we need higher density, you know, where there's one story homes. Let's build four story homes. Well, that's great if you're sitting in a nice, comfortable house now. Plus, anyway, it's just uh, do some research, read about it and, uh, you know. Pick your side, and we'll figure it out over time, I guess. Okay. Hi, guys. I, Hi uh, guys. I like it. Uh, this guys. is from... This is from Zach Altilia, and in very bold capital letters, says, Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Love the segments with Daryl Croft. That's the EV electric uh, vehicle network guy. We got a lot of good feedback, actually, since Daryl was on. I'm not sure when it was. A couple days ago. Could have been last week. I think it was a couple days ago. Uh, He says, I do have questions for him. Next time, 
or next time he's on or for you guys. So my wife has a Tesla and we love it, says Zach. The issue I'm facing is I would like my next car to be an EV, but we only have one parking spot and it's hers for the Tesla. We live in the city of Toronto and I only have street permit parking, so I would have no place to charge it. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Bowel movement's good. Resting heart rate, good with the beta blockers. So let me uh, say this. He says, the issue I'm facing is they already have a Tesla, but we only have one parking spot and it's hers. So I would say, if you get another EV, then just share the charging, like stagger it, because you don't both have to charge it every night at the same time and the other way i would get it the other workaround for me would be you know you're never far and it's getting better by the way you're never far from a a supercharging station especially for teslas so you know if if i would look at it yeah for the inconvenience of only having the one parking spot there's definitely a way to work around it so that even if you were a little bit low you can always get to a supercharger and in 18 or 20 minutes fill up your car that's what I would say. And it's well said. Well said. All right. Nothing to add? Then I'm moving on. No, you know, it's um, it's funny when you see the charging stations more and more. I took Johnny Slapshot to a game in Flamborough on Saturday, and it's a new rink just built. Beautiful facility, Howard. But as I drove in and came around into the parking lot, there was about six charging stations mm-hmm. right there. So it's almost now... You know, any new facility, that will just be part of it, right? Going forward. And as I said to you, I was in London for a tournament a few weeks ago, and uh, the Tesla charging station was down. Something was going on, being repaired, something. But the hotel I stayed at had three charging stations, including one, not a supercharger, but a level two Tesla charger. So, and this was not a fancy hotel by any means. Just one of your, you know, Hilton Garden Inn suites, whatever those are called. So they're everywhere already. And for Zach and anyone else who's thinking of getting into one, they're just going to be more and more ubiquitous uh, as time goes on. Uh, Let me me ask you this, though. I was at that facility, that rink, and uh, it was actually called the Harry Howell. Harry Howell. Do you know? Do you remember Harry Howell? Was he a hockey player? Oh, right. I thought you'd know right off the top because I was going to I thought you'd say, of course, Harry Howell, number three. And what team did he play for? No, he's before my time. He established (laughs) before mine, too. Uh, He established his uh, his greatness. He played for the Rangers. And I guess he's from that part of Flamborough. And they named the rink after him. Good for Harry. Howell. No idea. Dead now. (laughs) <laughs> of course he's dead now <laughs> Harry Howell uh, Alright, here we go uh, Fuck a uh, few guys. more Subject, uh, you walk the walk From Stephanie Collins Hi guys Hi guys This note is for Fred oh, Earlier this week you mentioned that uh, You mentioned India's apparent involvement In the murder of that Sikh activist In British Columbia You talked about how you admired Trudeau For having the courage to call out The Indian government Knowing that you have little regard for Trudeau's Overall performance as Prime Minister I thought your comments demonstrated You're a man of integrity Oh yes Wait, I read that and I'm like, absolutely true. But maybe Stephanie's not heard some of the uh, some of the stories. 
<laughs> Some of the caper boss stories. Please continue. Mm. Men of integrity. It's uh, You often say it's shameful how the right-wing nutjobs are incapable of presenting objective commentary or giving credit when the credit is due. Your Trudeau discussion showed exactly how to do the right thing as a broadcasting professional. Mm, oh, my goodness. Wow. You don't just talk the talk. You walk the walk. Humble and Dan, they're pretty decent guys, too. Uh, your favorite <laughs> pod. Okay, you're my favorite podcast, she says. Thanks for all you do. Resting heart rate, 78. BMs, bowel movements, wildly unpredictable. Oh, for Stephanie. That's Stephanie Collins, former CFNY listener and Hundy P since Voldemort. Another another um, bonus from uh, that situation. Well, let me just say, addressing what Stephanie said about you, I totally agree. You know, that's what I like about your sort of rational. You know, when, when people mislabel you sort of more right wing than I think they understand. I always I know not that I have to defend you, but I've, I've always saying, listen, he's. He, he is logical. He's not tied to any one type of dogma. And when, you know, and, and you've not, that's not the first time you've given Justin Trudeau credit for something. More and more, by the way, more and more lately, the last couple of years since uh, the rise of Polyev, I see you definitely not taking his side, but seeing his side on things now where you may not have before. You know, and I bring back the green belt. It's like I'm not going to be against the green belt of development just because I hate Doug Ford. And I'm not going to ignore what Trudeau has done here just because he's a liberal and it's Trudeau. I mean, you have to recognize things for what they are. And I, as I say with that green belt thing, I, 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 you know, it's created all this debate. Just look into it a bit. It's point three you know percent of the overall thing and there's a certain need on certain levels and it's not just so black and white doug ford bad yeah it's it's more than that that's all and and this trudeau thing is the same thing i'm not gonna i'm not gonna not give him credit just because he's justin trudeau it's because you're a man of integrity well it's just not fair um back to the uh sign off from stephanie uh former cfy listener and Hundy Peace is Voldemort. When I read that, I, I'm, I'm struck by the fact that, you know, karma was great, was sort of a, was, karma was kind to us in the John mm-hmm. Derringer, disgraced former broadcaster John Derringer uh, situation because he was such a dick to us and such a dick to so many people that his demise actually has brought us a whole whack of new listeners this is only a couple of years old now that Stephanie's been listening. So that's one part of that that I think is amazing. But also the fact that Stephanie, who was an, a former CFY listener, I wonder if Stephanie had known we were doing the show, say, on a satellite radio mm-hmm. or yeah. one of the other radio stations that used to carry our show. I wonder, yes. you know, if, if maybe a bunch of those people would have tuned in had they known we were doing some broadcast and that's you know back to our earlier discussion about the demise of tv and radio that's part of the reason because in Uh canada you know we've been doing this show now five decades yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and those broadcasters we worked for literally said to our faces oh by the way we're not going to promote you oh well that Mm -hmm. makes sense well good (laughs) good for you so that's what i have to say about that I wonder about the Derringer angle, too. It's like, was he the last of the old breed of morning show? Uh, How do I put this? 
like once Derringer was gone, people were for searching for something that they weren't getting from regular radio anymore. Uh, you know? I mean, maybe uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, you know, perhaps I mean, it was but we'd been doing the podcast 10 years at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 10 years of us out there in the world, you know, doing this basically the same program. And a whole bunch of people found out about it because of that particular story. It brought so yeah. much attention to us. And, you know, like Stephanie's not there. I don't know. I've lost track of the number of people that said Hundy P since Voldemort. Right. My question would be if Steph, if the Derringer thing wouldn't have happened, Stephanie would probably still be listening to Derringer and enjoying that morning show. So he's gone, and it's like, what do I have now? These new kids on cue, that's not doing it for me. I I need something. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just don't know that they... I don't know. I don't think the cue... I don't think Stephanie Collins was a cue listener. I think she was somebody that knew about the story. Oh. And and okay. heard about... I, that's what I'm saying. I, I know what True. you're saying. Yep. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think we picked up cue listeners. I think we picked okay. up people that were humble. Like, she's a, she was a CFNY fan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, thanks very much. This one is from Dave Ryan. His subject line, all filler, no killer. And of course, he says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, Re uh, Gordon Kennedy, the guy on, uh, he's the guy on Facebook that just whenever he comments, it's something negative about us. He says, uh, hi, guys. Uh, Gordon Kennedy can pack up all that negative crap in a big old suitcase, put it in the back of his vehicle, get in, start it up. And get out of town. (laughs) He goes on to say, I totally agree with Fred that those radio call-ins to hear from the listeners are the laziest and worst form of radio. Lastly, I have to side with Dan Duran regarding the infamous air check. That's the thing that uh, Boone played. He said, I made it through the first episode, but I couldn't the other two. Compared to the number one in 97 clip that was put up on September 25th, those old tapes were unlistenable. Love always, Dave Ryan, according to my health gauge. No, there you go. <clears throat> Dave's uh, resting heart rate is uh, 67. His uh, blood pressure is 107 over 71, which is very good. And decent, regular BMs. So there you go. Right. Um, an email came in last night about old episodes. Do you want me to just read it quick or just throw it out to uh, Mike Boone? Because he might be able to answer the question. D- I, no, don't read it. And I'll tell you why after. Because you read your okay. laughs. Because I'm going to read it. Because it's a very special email today. Okay. Okay. Right. The one I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. Hi okay. Guys. Right on. Hi yes. Guys. So read your last one. I think you've I got think one. I did, Howard. Well, you must have because you... Uh, Yes, you start you end. Okay. I start, you end. Yes, you end. Well, the one you're talking about, why don't you do this? Um, okay, why don't you read it, and then we'll make mm-hmm. a special announcement. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Where have all the old episodes gone? This is from Michelle Dames. And she says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. She says, I'm a little late to the party. Only been a Humble and Fred listener since the onset of COVID. 
After going through a couple of life changes that weren't planned per se, I found comfort in listening to your podcast every evening in front of a roaring fire. Your kibitzing back and forth brought me laughter and joy once again. Trying to describe your podcast to my girlfriends, all I could say is they have become my guilty pleasure. Oh, Isn't yeah, this? baby. Yes, that's Fred's us. reminiscing of Ionview and WCCI, which is Winston Churchill Collegiate Institute, warms my heart. As I am, too, from the old neighborhood. Yes, she lived right in my neighborhood. She did. I think she's a year younger than me. I know of this woman, Michelle Dames. How is it Dames? Is it, my mo- I'm sorry. Is it Dames or Damas? I think it's Dames. Yeah, it's Dames. In fact, I knew her husband, and I think he's passed away. Oh, no. Howard, you have become my most favorite funny guy, and Dan, well, Dan just seals the deal. Sorry for the long message. My question is... I was enjoying all the old episodes from 10 years ago in between listening to the current ones. And then one day they just disappeared. Poof. What happened to them? And can I tap into them somewhere? Regards, Michelle Dames. Well, uh, that's a great question for uh, I didn't realize until I read it that those episodes weren't available. But uh, Toronto Mike will be with us in the next couple of minutes. He'll answer that for Michelle and everyone else who's looking for it. Mm hmm. And why is this a special email? Because uh, we threw everyone's email, including this one, into the the bin, the generator. And this is... The Palma Pasta winner, Michelle Dames. There you go. Oh, wow. Very good. And again, that, that is not an inside job. Like, I know of this... Uh, never, never hung, hung out with her. I don't even know if we've ever, ever had a conversation. I just know of her um, through other people from the so, old hood. Uh, that's transparency for you. Okay. Okay, man. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're a man of integrity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, thirty-eight years of uh, delivering quality Italian food is where Michelle's one hundred dollar gift card is going to come from. Palmapasta.com. Four locations: one in Oakville. And uh, there is catering service available. I got an inquiry. Inquiry? I got a question from Rudra the other day. A buddy of his that I know is having a birthday party and wanted to inquire after uh, Palma Pasta's catering service. I'm going to put them together with, uh, with Anthony. Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. And I'm going to see, uh, well, I'm not sure if I'll see him. I guess I will after the show. Anthony and Carmela are coming to see me tonight. At uh, the Danforth Music Hall. Are you are you nervous? Yeah, yeah, I'm nervous. Like, but fun nervous. You know, like the kind of nervous you get before you're, you know, challenging yourself or doing something that's you know got a little bit out, a little bit of, a little bit outside of the normal thing that I do. You're not runny tummy, nervous. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, although be, I, I'm not sure if I if because I told you how much I ate on uh, Tuesday night mm-hmm. and yesterday, I definitely had many, many BMs, many. All right. But uh, no, I uh, definitely was. Uh, I'm aware of it. But, you know, I'm looking at it like this. You know, I'm going to be on stage for 12 minutes. You know, it's probably going to be fine. And after it's over, no one will care whether I did great or I did, you know, not so great. But I will be excited once I get there tonight. I got the, uh, there's a run of show they sent me yesterday and when I'm supposed to be there. And 
how much I'm supposed to do. Yeah, it's uh, very professional. It's different than when I, I did a show a couple weeks ago for like 300 people, and I was excited then, but a little different, you know. Um, this shows uh, Jeremy has some balls and confidence because to push you up on the stage before he comes out is pretty risky. <laughs> Why is that? Well, because the, the the audience may be all laughed out, Howard. Oh, I thought you were saying <laughs> we'd all leave. No. Oh, that's funny. With what? And they'd all leave. <laughs> no, no, I'll be all laughed out. It'll oh be, yeah, what? I'll be like, oh, we this how he got. <laughs> We've had too many laughs. Minutes. This twelve minutes has exhausted us. Hey, um, you said twelve minutes. I thought you said you were hosting it. So don't you come on and offer? Yeah, well, or? so oh. they're going to introduce me from off stage. I'll come on and do you know ten or twelve. Well, however long I, I honestly part of the thing yesterday as I was rehearsing some stuff that I you know these are jokes and bits of my act I've been doing forever. But I just don't have any timing. I don't know if it's going to be eight minutes or it's going to be 15. I, anyway, so I'm going to do some time. I'm going to introduce another comedian, a guy named Darren Rose, who we talked about yesterday. Very funny comic. And then I'm going to come back and introduce somebody who's going to introduce Jeremy. You know, Jeremy's going to do 80 minutes. 80. It's an hour wow. and 20 minutes, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm fast. I'm looking forward to because I haven't seen Jeremy do his entire act for a really long time. So, And there was a time in my life when uh, I was pretty good friends with this guy. Hung around with him a lot. So when you do 80 minutes, you really have to think about it, right? Because if you've got stuff that you think is stronger than other stuff, you have to place it throughout the 80 minutes right? oh, yeah. for the ebb and flow. And Man, it's... That's yeah, why he's, he's getting $100 a ticket because he's pretty good at this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, thanks to uh, everyone at Palma Pasta. Thanks to everyone who uh, emailed us, and we'll start it up again. As I mentioned, we're going to do the Rent Electric giveaway next week at this time as well. And uh, again, we do appreciate everyone you know hanging out with us. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. That's how you email us and or uh, put the subject line Rent Electric. In the meantime, let's thank these people too. Well, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, you've thought about a benefits package for your people, it can be done. Go to chamberplan.ca today and get a free quote. All the things you would expect from a benefits package are available. There's different levels. Yes, you can spend more and get more. You will uh, find out all about that when you go to chamberplan.ca and find out what is available. You'll be pleasantly surprised by the cost of this, um, providing your employees with this type of security. They'll love you for it. Again, uh, take the time today. Go there. Um, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan has been around for a long time, okay? So they have a lot of history that you can look upon to know that this is uh, the great, uh, the right thing to be involved with. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Yesterday we talked a little bit about the nature of boron and why it's so important in terms of uh, a mineral and all the common applications, including glass production, insulation, fertilizer, silicon, LCD screens, stealth technology, stealth, yes, sports equipment, waste storage, lithium batteries. If you remember nothing from this discussion today, remember that lithium batteries... And all the things inside electric vehicles, um, abundantly supported by the mineral boron. And boron-1 
is uh, getting ready to take Boron out of the ground sometime in the next three years. This will be a good time to check it out as a company. Get your Sherpa or our Sherpa to look at what's going on with Boron One. You can find out more at BoronOne.com. There was a couple things left over from the week that I... Actually, from next last week, I was talking to you about the value of NFL teams. Maybe we'll get to that. Um, uh, did you see that uh, Tucker Carlson interviewed uh, Bill O'Reilly no. yesterday? Yeah. So that, that's uh, Tucker's uh, way of counter-programming on Twitter, or whatever they call it now, X. So when the debate was going on last night with the Republican candidates, not including the guy that's leading, uh, Donald Trump, Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what he did. He interviewed O'Reilly, which I think is interesting, you know. Have you both. seen him lately? You want, I, I hope O'Reilly's not taking any shots at uh, Biden for being old. Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's a guy. I've noticed some deterioration. Holy cow. Really? No, I have not seen that. Yeah. He's just, you know, hey, he's getting old. Poor bugger. But. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, he's uh, Well, you know, it's funny where he started. Mm-hmm. Speaking of entertainment yeah. shows, yeah, he was part of, uh, I think it was a, a Current Affair or one of those shows back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. He was just a regular broadcast guy. Yep. And, you know, I guess, you know, when that, when that thing, ha- when we talked about the in Fairness Doctrine, when that thing was rescinded back in 1988, a bunch of these guys saw an opportunity. Sure. Jumped right in. Because, you know, maybe they leaned conservative, but now it was a a way for them to... There was a voice. There was a a way to make money off people. You know, maybe this is a good time to talk about what we talked about before the show, Cassidy Hutchison. Yeah. And the story she told that, um, you know, she loved Donald Trump. She thought he was the greatest, was happy working for him. And then as she started to see the things unfold, she came to the conclusion that this man isn't out for the country he's not out for the people he's out for himself and what he's doing is not good for anyone so she became public and then she needed a lawyer or something she needed she was short on money and went to her dad to maybe see if he would help her and he freaked out on her because she was actually betraying Donald Trump in his eyes right he was a Trump supporter he was a big Trump supporter and she had the indictment. She wanted him to read it, you know, as part, Dad, you got to read this thing because this is what he's done. He grabbed it and threw it in the garbage yeah. and and told his daughter that she was betraying Donald Trump and he wouldn't stand for it. You know, and if you if you need to know, is it a cult? Well, there, there there's a perfect example. Her father's in the cult. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to... Uh, Cassidy Hutchison in her own words from her audiobook. I said, my voice trembling. He looked at me, expecting me to say more, but I could not find my words. He threw the subpoena in the trash, ranting that I did not need to do anything it asked me to do. He had read online that it was not mandatory to comply with congressional subpoenas. The investigation was a witch hunt to take Donald down, he said. He prayed I was not there to ask for money to pay for a corrupt lawyer. 
any lawyer who did not work for Donald was corrupt. Can you imagine, this is what Fred and I were talking about before the show, I said, can you imagine taking the side, taking this man's side over your own daughter, who at the time was 24-ish, 25, Mm-hmm. And, and and was was being bombarded with a congressional subpoena and Trump's lawyers. And imagine saying any lawyer who didn't work for Donald was corrupt. That's how deep down the uh, MAGA rabbit hole you are. Like, shame and on she, this guy. And she's being crushed by right wing media. But you hear her talk at the beginning of it when she was first subpoenaed. She was told she had a Trump lawyer. Just say you don't recall to everything. Whatever they ask you, say, I don't recall. And then while she was doing this, she just felt guilty. She says, I, she's thinking to herself, I do recall. This isn't right. This doesn't feel right. I do recall all these things. And these things are wrong. And that's when she broke away and got her own lawyer and got into financial trouble. But she did it for her country. And there's no two sides to that story. That's what she did. But she's being slammed, literally crushed. Oh, yeah. By right wing media. today, And 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 all these guys, Meadows was, you know, apparently Meadows was contacted by MSNBC. And he, you know, says, you know, he he disparages her. Matt Gaetz. Matt Gaetz says he dated her. He didn't. The thing is, this 20 now 26 and a half year old or almost 27 year old has more courage than all those other fuckers. Literally, and that's what she is. She's a courageous human being. And I know you always say she's putting her country and all that, but just as a, as mm-hmm. a person, imagine. Listen, I've got two mm-hmm. kids who are around this girl's age. Mm-hmm. That's a really courageous thing to do. I can't imagine one of my kids coming to me and saying, you know, can you help me? And me going, no, no. If Doug Ford, <laughs> if Doug Ford, if it's not a lawyer paid for by Doug Ford, that guy's corrupt. Can you imagine? Fuck, how dumb is this guy? And, you know, people, and again, the argument being used, oh, she just wanted to write a book. Well, why not? Look at the grifter that is Trump and all the people that are around him. The way they suck money out of simpletons. That's okay. But because this girl went through that and wanted to write a book because she needs some money and it's a compelling story and it's all been corroborated, what's wrong with that? Yeah, at one point she has a great line. She said, uh, he asked the host there, Lawrence O'Donnell asked about, you know, what do you think about, or maybe it was Rachel Meadows, said, what do you think about Mark Meadows' comments? And, and very smartly, Cassidy Hutchinson said, well, all the remarks I've made have been on under oath. And if he mm-hmm. wants, she said, if he wants to go and under oath, you know, respond, I'd be happy to hear that. Because yeah. he refused to. Like all those other little cowardly bitch men. And speaking of her disgusting father, you know, at one point, Mark Meadows turned to her and said, would you take a bullet for Donald? Would you take a, a bullet for the president? And she didn't know how to answer it. It was like he was serious. Would you take a bullet for this man? And she jokingly said, like, oh, yeah, but hopefully in the leg, like thought, thought he was kidding. He was dead serious. Can you, So imagine her father thinking this guy even going there about her sacrificing her her life for this disgusting orange pig thing that uh, is dragging the entire country down it would just be nice if one of these guys like you know imagine if mark meadows came to his senses it would be great just to hear the side of the story where a guy mm-hmm. like meadows cuz see all the other guys that 
like what's his face Barr, Bill Barr, and then a host of others that distance them distance themselves from Trump. They've all they've all gone away. But it would be interesting to hear Mark Meadows talk about what what was it about Donald Trump that you thought was going to be so great? Because they all mm-hmm. knew he was a douchebag. But why go along with it all just because it's a Republican? Could that really be? Could it be that simple? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, it's more than that. It's you know, it's the cult thing. It's it's just more than that. It's it's a cult. As you said earlier, it's how do you explain it? How do you explain after all we've seen and all that's been proved that he's done that still literally half the voting public still wants him to be their president? Do you guys uh, look at that thing I sent you, Darren and Dan, yesterday about uh, it's pretty it's a long it's a 42 minute documentary on how QAnon was formed. But uh, I got three quarters. I got three quarters of the way through it, it's, and I would like to listen to it again because it does sort of. It's another take on why people turn yeah. and and become members of cults. Interview with a cult expert, actually. Yeah, very interesting. interesting. Um, I, I was going to pass it on to the audience. I can't remember where I got it from. It's, I, it's, uh, there's a guy I don't know. I can't remember his name either. But uh, uh, Dan Duran is here, and his mic is uh, once again booming, which is awesome. Okay. No, no, it's mm-hmm. fine. Just keep it booming okay. because I know right. once you keep talk, it, you get it all there, quiet. Yeah. Here's Dan Duran. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, as for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low <laughs> It's just drunk singing there <laughs> That's right Did you hear the Mark Meadows In Cassidy Hutchinson's book Mark Meadows guzzled a, a couple of White Claws Not knowing they were alcoholic Before an early morning meeting or something what, he, he just thought they were like an energy drink or something? Yeah. Oh, fuck these people. <laughs> so he got dr- drunk not knowing. And he's a teetotaler. He doesn't drink and apparently. He's like, a teetotaler, is he? Is it? A teetotaler. Is it? Is it? So the first sip or two, he wouldn't sort of detect the alcohol? You would think a teetotaler. Well, not in a White Claw. You wouldn't? No, I mean, it's pretty. it's a pretty fruity drink. So you? They're, oh, really? Uh, I, I, I've never had. That. So you? So those things you do, you can't detect alcohol. Wow. From what I remember, I haven't. That's had, dangerous. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A lot uh, of those drinks are like that. that they oh, cover up. They, yes. they're designed to cover up the alcohol. Yeah. You think maybe like even a, a teetotaler? A teetotaler. That's from when. That's that expression <laughs> is when when Dan first went on the air in 1930 and two. Yeah. <laughs> After World War One, a veteran like Dan weaves someone in his uh, outfit said, Dan Duran, you have a very nice voice when you're yelling, you when you're yelling, fire in the hole. And uh, right. <laughs> right. So, but can you imagine like you're in the White House having a meeting and this guy's drunk? <clears throat> not knowing he's drunk and he's no. sort of like not feeling that great. What would it matter? Trump, like the way she described meetings with Trump that he would lose in. Like, he, again, how, how these people, they, they all knew he was a simpleton. She said, you know, after a very, a very short time, he starts looking around, you know, and just bored. He, he's so dumb. He can't read. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, fuck. Yeah. Uh, all right. And now it's around, 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 around. It's time hey, now. It's and, and, around time. <laughs> now? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, now. With the death of E.T. Canada, here's a, here's a death that they would have covered. Another Dumbledore died. What? Michael Gambon, the actor who played Professor Dumbledore in six Harry Potter movie, movies, died at the age of 82. The first one, by the way, was uh, Richard Harris. He died in, in 2002. That's the first Dumbledore died. Yeah, he also uh, sung uh, MacArthur Park, remember? The Richard Harris. Uh, yes, he did. But oh, yes. Yeah, Michael Gambon. that it was an actor that sang that song. But anyway. Yeah, my, yeah this is Dumbledore. Hmm. That's sad. Yeah. It's a sad day yeah. for Harry Potter fans. He was a he was a great stage actor. In 1963, he got his first big break with the role of Hamlet in the National Theatre Company's opening production under the directorship of the legendary Laurence Olivier. Did you? Uh, that was 1960. Did you cover that uh, during uh, <laughs> <laughs> during your early broadcast days? Yes, I went from the tea house where all the teetotalers Teetotal were over to the uh, you know. <laughs> Dan Duran I'm Dan Duran broadcasting uh, any, I, Well that's You know listen to my kids I'm not sure if, you know Mike's kids But uh, my, my daughter's definitely Big Harry Potter fans We've seen all the movies I've seen all the movies at least once or twice And he was great Dumbledore He's a magical wizard Dan And we're very sad for the passing of Dumbledore Dumbledore is dead it's a bummer, man. Anyway, I mean, there's, there's new Dumbledores out there, but yeah. Well, only if they make new movies. Well, I think uh, I think Jude Law played Dumbledore in Fantastic. Yeah, magical Games. creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, I mean, a younger played a younger Dumbledore. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's uh, 82, by the way, Fred, right there in the sweet spot. 82. Oh no, I know. And uh, you know, I love it. If I'm going to get entertainment news, I want it off to Enderan because, as you say, he's the pioneer. <laughs> He's got buckles on his shoes. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Uh, Dan Duran that said, "Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and all the ships at sea." That's I right. believe that was him. <laughs> this broadcast brought to you by the Teetotaling Society. We, we have That's people right. against drinking. Dan was there actually during Prohibition, which is why he uses the term teetotaler. <laughs> Dan, Dan used to get annoyed when his entertainment reports would be interrupted by World War II reports. That's him. right. <laughs> Dan was upset. When the Blitzkrieg happened. Yeah. <laughs> What's more important? He What's says, I've got a great story about Elizabeth Taylor. Or somebody. Yeah. That was back when you how held your nose when you did, when you did your uh, how, reporting. How dare he? How dare I be interrupted with a story about Doris Day? <laughs> <laughs> I've got an exclusive she interview. lost her voice. She lost her voice. <laughs> I've got an exclusive interview with Doris, Miss Doris Day, who is also a teetotaler. <laughs> I've got a story about this new invention coming. It's called television. Oh. That's right. <clears throat> anyway. Anyway. Uh, do you have any more stories? Or should we get to old daddy? Yeah, they, I'm not going to do the, the Hitler bug. I'll say that for next uh, the next week. Oh, okay. But, you know, there were, I did want to chat briefly about the uh, dress code in the U.S. Senate now as a dress code because uh, John Fetterman is a huge man, massive uh, dude. Uh, you know, he, tough to get suits and wants to be comfortable. So, you know, he was a little more casual when he entered the uh, the chamber, and people got pissed off after uh, Chuck Schumer said, "Yeah, it's okay." And then everybody got to spend all kinds of time 
you know, on the whole thing, all the uh, the Fox media <laughs> people got crazy about it. Sure. And so finally, they they unanimously passed a resolution on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, good. It codified a suit and tie uniform. Well, they're sure they're getting stuff done there. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, like that's important. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lauren Boebert gets titty fucked in a musical. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one cares. You know, don't like Trump, don't like the Republicans, don't like Fox News. But the way Fetterman was showing up, it was like a bit much. It like well, yeah, we just, cut off jean shorts. Like, come on. Was he was he trying to make a statement there? Is that what he was doing? I, I don't know. Wasn't he ill? Didn't he have some illness? Yeah, he has some uh, cognitive problems because I, I don't know if he had a he had stroke, stroke or right? Well, maybe he yeah. doesn't. Maybe that's the problem. It's cognition but issues. He's like, he, I don't know. But well, he also, don't. I don't know. There is a point to be made about uh, you know all the people that uh, work. His staff don't get paid a whole lot, and uh, you know having dress codes like that uh, can. It's a pretty you know dry cleaning and oh please and, listen. He, show up Dan, in a suit. Dan. Dan, if he'd wore khakis and a button-down shirt, it would have been fine. The guy showed up in, like, cut-off jean shorts. And flip-flops or something. And, 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 a, and a, like, a sloppy sweatshirt. I mean, seriously, whether he was making a statement or not. I mean, at some point, you got to go, you know, this is our... This is the, the home of... You wouldn't show up at the, in, in Parliament in Ottawa. You wouldn't show up, you know, in your cottage wear. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. I okay. really don't care I know, because, what the Well, like, again, you're, you're, listen, at your age, what does it matter? Hey, Dan. It's not important, though. Let me ask you this question. Yesterday, just before you left the park, you stood here in front of the thing, and what did Dahl say to you? I looked a little dressed up. Yes, and why did you get dressed up? Because I'm the vice president of operations of the Peterborough Theater Guild, and we have the mm-hmm. annual general meeting. So, yeah. so in your mind, you think you should look presentable when you go to the theater guild? For a meeting. John Fetterman should be able to wear cut-off jeans and a sloppy sweatshirt to, to Congress. Come on. Well, it's his, it's his choice. It was my choice. I could have shown well, No, it's not your choice. Well, then why, didn't, then why didn't you choose flip-flops and one of your uh, shorts where your dick sticks out? <laughs> why, why didn't you choose that there, Mr. Smarty Pants? Because I felt that I should no, because that because I was, I should be addressed because you were going to a meeting. You were going to a meeting where the appropriate dress is not your dick <laughs> shaft <laughs> looking out of a pair of gym shorts from the nineteen seventies yeah. and one of your cut off uh, t shirts that you wore <laughs> where your midriff is showing. Right. <laughs> hey, look, look, this is the I wore this t shirt. To the meeting, so it wasn't super dressed up. It wasn't suit and tie time. No, but you know, but it was a pretty presentable. Very presentable. You looked, exactly, you looked presentable for the occasion. Exactly, and the occasion of the United States Congress in session isn't cut off jean shorts. And I, is it? And I have to agree again. As much as I can't stand all those nincompoops, it is. It's not. It's not about right or left. It's about right or wrong. Dan Duran. And uh, if you're going into a situation, whether it's Parliament, Congress, or a meeting at the Spitaborough Guild, right? You're not going to go there in your, you know, in a muscle shirt and your yoga shorts. Interestingly, they didn't do anything for women in the dress code. It's just a men thing. So. You well, know. it wasn't long ago they weren't allowed to have expose their arms, and I think that was changed just a couple of years ago. Now that mm. makes sense. You know, well, again, 
I always like to bring up the fact that, you know, a, a lot of the norms have changed since Lauren Boebert got titty fucked and no one gives a shit about it. <laughs> so, um, hey, listen, Dan, uh, you know, there's no winning yeah. this argument. You know that. So yeah. it's just well, time you to know, bow I, out. I, you know, we all have our own opinions about it. I don't think it's oh, well, important hey, what do. people do, not how they look. How about this? Next time you have a theater guild meeting, <laughs> why don't you just cut out some legs out of a fucking green garbage bag and wear that? Okay, if it doesn't matter, and something would tell me if it was Jim Jordan who showed up in that attire, you'd you'd have a problem with it. No, I don't give a crap. Yeah, I don't. Okay. What people look like, it's okay. more about what. Next they time do. you have a theater I've guild meeting, I have more. Next time you have a theater guild meeting, take a sheet, <laughs> take a sheet, cut out some eye holes, and go as a ghost. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. There is a ghost at the theater guild, apparently. All right. Well, listen. Yeah. Uh, if you want to keep on going, uh, yeah. next okay. time you have a All meeting, right. cover yourself right. you in guys. a... Take a bush and just <laughs> fucking cover yourself in bush. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good. Well, I think we, uh, we've we exhausted that bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now it's time to uh, exhaust another. He is the uh, producer of this program. Anytime anyone has a question... Answers it just like that. I just looked over on the Facebook feed and we had a question from somebody. I believe it was uh, Michelle Dams. Where have all the old episodes gone? With the answer, here's Toronto Mike. Before the answer, if, if Dan wears a white sheet to a meeting in Peterborough, they're going to think he's there for a different meeting. True. Oh, they'll elect a mayor. That's what they'll do. <laughs> Okay, enough Peterborough jokes. Okay, so uh, at the end of 2021, we had to truncate the uh, the XML was very very large, was causing issues with the way Fred updates it, and we uh, basically moved old stuff to a different feed. So it's not a recent change. We did it like two years ago. So how if they don't have uh, access to what you put up on our Facebook page this morning, how would they ever find that? Nowhere. But this, yeah, for two years now, basically, you get like. You get like two. You, the feed has like the last. Oh, now it's like the last couple of years. So basically, they're yeah. The old episodes like the 2014, 2015 hasn't been in the feed for. So you yeah. Time. If you if somebody wanted it, you can. There's there's a there's a place where they live is what you're saying. But you'd have to ask us the, for it. That's okay. for like when somebody says, "Hey, how do I hear an old episode?" We have uh, a solution, but okay. it's, mm-hmm. you wouldn't find it on your own. I don't think. I don't All right, think. man. Well, listen. I think that's great. Thank you very much for your service. Is there a link you can put it somewhere, like on the website or something, like old show website kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Sure, of course we can do that. We uh, we fully, yeah, we can add any link we want to the website. We could do that for sure. I think Dan's suggesting. That's by the way that when Dan asks a question, you can. That's also a suggestion. Because <laughs> if I'm a, I'm mildly amused, we've had I think two two people have asked for it in the past two years. And uh, right. Well, I will tell you right now, if that doesn't appear on our website soon, you're gonna hear you're gonna have a letter from Dan Duran. And do they all run at the at the proper speed? <laughs> oh, I want to apologize to that letter writer. I apologize for having such excitement and passion to digitize that old 35 year old tape, and I'll never do it again. I promise. <laughs> I apologize for that. Uh, wow. Unlistenable, I wow. think. Unlistenable. Uh, Thirty-five. Well, let's uh, see how hard. See how hurt feelings are, or how they happen. <laughs> I learned my lesson, John, or whoever it was who wrote that email. I learned my lesson. 
Anyway, um, and that's it for this week. Uh, we're uh, we're not on Monday, uh, but you have a new con- Michael. Yeah. Listen, Dan. Mike has a, you got to give Mike credit because Mike has initiative. He takes initiative. He gives initiative, and uh, he's got a new initiative. Michael, why don't you explain? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, things happening behind the scenes, and one thing that I'm excited about is that basically it's an assignment. So everyone listening now loves Humble and Fred. So I'm I'm speaking to the Hundy Peas, and some of them hate. Maybe Gord Kennedy, I don't know. But three things you can do. This would be amazing if you could do this. The first thing is close your eyes and think about a song that reminds you of Humble and Fred. Like maybe it's a a song you used to hear on their radio show on 102.1 or 99.9, or maybe it's a song you heard on the podcast, or maybe it's just a song that when you hear of it, you think about Humble and Fred. So think about a song that reminds you of Humble and Fred. That's step one. Okay. Okay. Step two, take your phone or your laptop or whatever you have uh, that can record audio and just record yourself talking about that song for 30 to 60 seconds maybe say something like hi i'm bob jones a humble and fred listener since 2018 when i hear the song uh, song x by band y i think about the guys because dot 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 like so just record like 30 to 60 seconds introducing the song and why it reminds you of humble and fred that's step two you guys still with me okay. yeah i love this by the way I'm one more one more this is an important step take that audio I don't care if it's an M4A file or a WAV file or an MP3, whatever that audio file is on your phone or your laptop, email that audio file to mike at torontomike.com. Put the subject line Humble and Fred Jam. Send that off. I got big ideas, but it needs you listeners to contribute. I love this. I love what everything about it. Mixed up? What if people get mixed up and mail us uh, nail files? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> what if they get mixed up and they send us jam in the mail? And how are they listening? I would love that. I know what you did <laughs> to the uh, infantile. Perishable item. <laughs> what, okay, Mr. Goodhead. What if they get mixed up and they mail themselves uh, to you and then you end up living with them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's great, Mike. Yeah, that's and, uh, great. Dan, do you, people will do it? Do you want to, do you have do any, Dan, do you have any shit to throw at that idea? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I, I appreciate initiative. I always encourage uh, new ideas and uh, approaches to things. So oh, yeah. good on uh, Michael. Well, let's see where this goes. And behind that. the scenes, I'm recording. I'm actively recording what is going to be a mini series. And again, to reiterate, these don't replace live Humble and Fred shows. People are like, I don't want this thing. Well, then don't fucking listen because Humble and Fred took the day off. Okay, so Humble and Fred don't take a day off for these things to drop. You guys say I'm not going to be working Monday, and then these things drop like a bonus. Love it. Thing, or whatever. So there is a trill, like a, a trilogy. You guys are going to love it. I don't want to spoil it, but there's this wonderful trilogy that is actively in the works. And then one day, when I think when uh, Howard's in going to I don't know Mexico in November or something, this trilogy will fill the week. It's unbelievable. Well, I can't wait. You know, like, again, how can you argue with somebody with such initiative, Dan? Somebody who takes it under, who takes it, yes. I'm throwing these out, Fred. They've caused me nothing but trouble, these cassette tapes I have. I'm throwing them in the garbage. (laughs) I'll throw them out. That's part of history right there. Just to work with them a little. Don't forget to just down reduct them. (laughs) I don't think he was serious when he said he was going to throw them out. (laughs) Dan, watch me melt them live on the. Dan, Facebook do you have any seven? Dan, do you have any seventy eights of your first uh, air checks back in? 
<laughs> oh, on the old transcription turntable. I'm Dadarad, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Dadarad Hour, uh, brought to you by Colgate and Paul Malov. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could do this for days. This is fun. Dad, after the show, can I call you and do some more? Hello, Dadarad. This is Howard Glassman calling from the past. <laughs> Anyway, well, that's the show. Very nice. Uh, very nice. Thanks to everyone that emailed us. And uh, da, 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 Obama Pasta, of course. Are we all up, up today? I think we got everything. Boron, EVNet. Yep, I think we did it all. I think we did everything we need to do. Uh, Toronto Mike, thank you very much. Dan Duran, uh, what's going on? The Peterborough Theater Guild has a new production. A new season starts this weekend. Exciting times in the PDOT. Yeah, Dan, what are the predictions? You told me yesterday it's uh, scintillating. I, I look forward to going to. Didn't you say oh. Beetle, Beetlejuice or something? Was one? No, not Beetlejuice. Oh. That okay. was uh, that was Lauren Bobert's uh, oh, right. Den- Denver show that uh, musical scene. Yeah. Well, no, Dan, I, I, I opened uh, up an opportunity for you to plug your th- guild and just looked <laughs> around as though you weren't sure <laughs> what I was alluding to. Uh, well, no, I know, I know which uh, one. The first one is God of Carnage. It's called and, what? Uh, God of Carnage. Oh, it's of a course, there's God in it. Yeah. Yes. A, yeah. It's not about God. It's uh, just a uh, couple of right. a couple of couples arguing about their kid at school, basically. Beautiful. So, yeah. And uh, that's a great one. And coming up, we'll be doing uh, the big show this year is Fiddler on the Roof, and that'll be in, uh, in the what? Year. Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. That's amazing. Are you going to be in it? You should be the no. uh, fiddler. First question I ask, Howard. With your singing voice, a, was there an actual fiddler in Fiddler in the Roof, or was it just well there in in the play? The, there is actually a guy who's fiddling on the roof, but he's not. He doesn't speak. You could be that guy, but Dan, you could, could be the main oh. character Tevya. You could be singing in your big giant voice. If I were a rich man, yeah, I could do that. Come on, Dan. Maybe I should audition for that. I think they're still auditioning right now for that big production. Man, I like to, would love to see you in that. Mm-hmm. Well, very well, good. Uh, Howard, uh, he told me about the productions, and that was the first question I asked. Are you and Lisa in any of the productions? Because if he had said yes, I would have rushed to the box office. Right there. I might yeah. uh, be. You would have rushed to the, the box office to get your will call free tickets from Dan Duran Productions. <laughs> oh, details. Yeah, where, details. where are the comps? Where are the comps? Uh, that's right. Comp yeah. me, Dan Duran. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, uh, all the best to you in the Peterborough Theater Guild. And can't wait when you show up for your next uh, board meeting uh, completely naked, except for a thong and uh, pasties. <laughs> all right that's all that's all i've got i've got to dan i've got to get ready for the danforth music hall with tassels next yeah. week you want me to quickly shadow oh shit sorry i'm yeah, sorry mike yes let oh, me monday, stop that no live show but nope. I'll, dro- I'll drop something in the feed but no live show monday but uh bill brio is tuesday and ralph ben Mergi is wednesday well, that's a good that's a good week right there that's are you gonna bring back any audio of your big show <laughs> Uh, tonight, I uh, I don't know. I probably uh, won't have the... Pr- I won't be... Uh, I always say I'm going to tape it, but I usually get too nervous just before I go on to be like dicking around with my phone, but maybe. Uh, I'll certainly have a report, you know, if the whole thing goes up in smoke and they cancel the rest of the show. <laughs> just start yelling at everyone. Uh, all right, have a good weekend. I want to say on Tuesday. 
This episode of Hummel and Fred is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, and we've got the Thursday email show, which you just heard. Palma Pasta Prize coming up. Hubble and Fred at HubbleandFredRadio.com. Hubble and Fred at HubbleandFredRadio.com. Tell us what you think. Liking, subscribing, that helps us out. Writing a review does as well. Please do something about that. For Hubble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, there is no dress code to listening to this show. Brought to you by Brill Cream. Gives you the Brill Cream bounce. And enjoy every goddamn day. Bottles and cans just clap your hands and just clap your hands. Where's that? I got two turntables and a microphone.